Well, if ever there was a Jewish gospel, it's the gospel of St. Matthew. One of the great synoptic gospels, the three, where the synopsis marries, but his focus is very much on Jewishness and the Jews. That's his concern. Not surprising then, we've got a very Jewish story in the ninth chapter of Matthew's gospel. The Jews who acted on behalf of the Roman occupation were hated. Hated by the Romans and hated by the Jews. Nobody knew where their loyalty lay. So if you took up a position or were required to take up a position on behalf of the occupied forces, you would not get on well. Matthew was a tax collector, collecting taxes on behalf of the occupied force. And therefore he would be an unpopular figure to say the least. Whether he sinks to the root of tax collectors in the English vocabulary is another matter. But he certainly uh, was highly suspect both amongst those who had power and those who didn't have power. Then always it's important to see the context of the story, the context of this story in Matthew. Jesus has traveled by boat from one part of the Sea of Galilee and ended up at Capernaum, a town he became very familiar with and called a number of his followers from. So he's passed across the lake and landed As soon as he lands, what happens? People bring to him those in real need because they know his compassion will reach out to them. And so before the story we've just heard of the calling of St. Matthew, you have the healing of a paralytic. And how does Jesus do it? He confronts the man in front of everybody and he says to the man, your sins are forgiven. Now don't imagine by that he's saying you're a sinner and therefore I'm selecting you out because you're a sinner. He's not. He's talking to the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. And when he says your sins are forgiven, he's saying to the man, I release you from all that prevents you being truly human. I prevent you from being who you are as a person. And if you're a paralytic, you will have been treated as an outcast of society. You will have been marginalized. I'm bringing you into the whole of society. There aren't those who are good and those who are bad. There's society, and I'm bringing you back into it. That would have been really tough for those of the Jewish establishment and Roman establishment to hear. But he heals the paralytic with the words, you're made whole. Your wholeness is given to you. Whatever has gone wrong in your life, I make it better because God loves you. That's his message. Then he moves on. And as he moves on in Capernaum, he passes a tax collector's booth, a place where the tax collector sits And no doubt everybody tries to get by on the other side without seeing him. Jesus goes by. And what does he do with the tax collector? At the booth, in his place of work, 
where he wasn't thinking about religious matters. This Jewish tax collector collecting taxes on behalf of the Jews and the Romans is called by Jesus Christ to follow him at the place of work not in the synagogue, not in the religious bit, not saying his prayers, at the very point of collecting the taxes, Jesus calls the man. Follow me. It's probably not the first time that Matthew saw Jesus Christ because frequently on visits to Capernaum, that small town would have been aware of this young dynamic rabbi. And so it's possible that Matthew had heard Jesus speaking, perhaps being convinced of what he'd got to say, but he'd never been directly confronted. You follow me. It's almost a command of love. Follow me. And what happens? We're told that Matthew got up and followed him. He left the tax booth and followed him. No doubt he had time to put his affairs in order, resign from the post or keep it going and be a follower. We don't actually know what happened. It's more likely that he remained a tax collector to earn his dosh and follow Jesus Christ, as happened to the fishermen. They didn't give it all up, but they were available when needed. But we don't actually know. Then the next part of this story is absolutely fascinating because Jesus Christ, for whom there are no barriers, nobody who's accepted and not accepted, is at dinner at Matthew's house. He's called him. He's got an invitation to have supper with him. He needs something to eat. He's away from Nazareth. So he says, yes. He goes to dinner with Matthew. At the dinner, of course, there are fellow tax collectors, many tax collectors, we're told, and sinners, now, it's unfortunate that the word tax collector and sinner is harnessed in this gospel. We need to separate it in our minds. It's the way the gloss on the gospel has happened. So don't imagine that the gospel is saying that all tax collectors are sinners, which is a kind of convenient way of dealing with our own tax responsibilities. He doesn't say that. There are tax collectors and there are sinners. What he's saying is, Many of the people who would not be invited to acceptable society and certainly not to the religious communities are at this supper, at this dinner. They're all there, tax collectors, sinners, and the lot. The Pharisees, who obviously haven't been invited to this tax collector's dinner, have a look. They eye Jesus. They look at him. And as always, the religious people seize the moment for their own prejudice to come forth. The deeply religious who have not faith but have a religion. There's a difference between faith and religion. And uh, you'll have a go at me over the coffee afterwards, I hope, to tell me that you think I'm wrong. But Jesus deals directly with the problem. He hears the Pharisees say, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And not with us, presumably, is what they're saying. Why has he gone there and not here? On hearing this, Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And he quotes from the book of Hosea. For I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now that's a one in the eye for everybody. He's at supper. He's saying, you all, you all need help. The Pharisees would be deeply insulted. You know, it's like saying to the uh, rector of St. Stephen Warbrook or the priest in charge, um, you need help. And boy, do I need help. So that's absolutely convinced. There's no problem about that. But it's like saying to the gathered elite, actually, you need God's love. And they go, oh, all right. I, mean, I follow the rules and I use the right words and I use the right scriptures and so on. And Jesus would say, I'm not interested in any of that. Where is your heart? Where do you put your foundation of belief? I've not come to call the righteous but sinners. So we have this fantastic event, very simple event, of the calling of St. Matthew, the great Jewish calling of Matthew, one of the four gospel narrators. He's called at his place of work and then people who are with him are reminded that it's sinners who are called, not the righteous. So, I ask you, have you been called by Jesus Christ? It's a kind of um, deeply embarrassing question that Anglican clergymen are not allowed to ask congregations. So I ask you, have you been called by Jesus Christ? I don't mean are you a member of the Church of England? You signed up to the 13 articles, all that stuff. I'm not interested in that. The question is, has Jesus Christ met you personally as a human being and called you to follow him? Have you ever heard it? Do you want to hear it? Or are you a died in the wall? I have been called a long while ago. I'm in the group. I'm up the, I've got the tickets. I'm members and so on. Every single day, Jesus calls each one of us in our place of work. It may be at home, it may be in an office, it may be as a retired person in the jobs that you're doing to help out. He certainly calls the Christian community to task. And he says, go and learn what this means. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Each one of us needs the loving power of Jesus Christ to heal us and to bring us back to our fullness of life. And we're asked to focus on his words and his life to see what it cost him in order to give us that freedom. Death on a cross while humanity ignored him. Matthew was called Matthew remained faithful. Today we've had the words that purport to come from his following in his gospel. You don't worse than go back and read Matthew's gospel nine, these few chapters, to see what a dynamic change happened to Matthew, the tax collector, the unwanted man, to see that he could find his way through Jesus back to the love of God. Are you righteous or are you a sinner? Those wonderful evangelical hymns, tell me the old, old story, for I'm a sinner in the name of the Lord. I put my hand up to that 
Yes, but you may not be, of course. You may be a little above that. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We stand to sing the offertory hymn 475. 475.